Hola, Hola chicas. chicas. Bienvenidas a la charla. I'm Isela, a wife, teacher, entrepreneur, and new mommy to my sweet baby boy, Logan Jace. I'm Lily. I'm a teacher, daughter, and engaged to a wonderful man. Somos dos latinas from Texas, loving life and living it up. Acompáñanos as we chat all things mujer. Makeup, libros, food, familia, and just bringing you into our everyday lives. So grab your cafecito and let's chat. So it's taken me quite some time to um, record this episode just because I wanted to make sure that I covered every basis of my child's birth story. And I wanted to do this in two separate segments. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about Logan's birth story. And I know, I mean, my kid is three and a half years old, but I feel like it's something that just kind of stuck with me and just resonates with me, especially when I hear of other women going through pregnancy and I get really excited for them, especially my close friends. And I want to tell them every part of my birth story. And sometimes I find myself like holding myself back and saying, uh, slow your roll. Not everybody wants to hear about your birth story. And there are some women that are not prepared to hear those things. Like, and I get that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to go ahead and make this episode just because I feel like, you know, we don't hear the, um, I guess the real, we, we do hear a lot of details and there are a lot of people out there that are very real about what they experience during, um, labor and postpartum and things like that, of course. But then there are so many little things that I didn't even know existed or I, that I had no idea happened to your body to begin with, you know, <laughs> when, um, going through giving birth. So, um, let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and preface this with the fact that, um, everybody has a different experience and I want moms out there, fellow mamas to go out, to, out there that are listening to take something away from this. That's just educational and just another story to listen to. Um, and maybe some of you out there can relate and maybe some of you can't, can't relate at all, but you appreciate hearing, you know, someone else's about somebody else's journey, um, with labor. Um, I will do a pregnancy, um, episode with a friend of mine, uh, my friend Jane Bustamante, who was on the bad moms episode that we recorded about a year ago. She's going to be on the episode about pregnancy and postpartum. So, um, that'll be a completely different episode, but for this episode, I'm just writing solo guys and bringing this bocadillo to you about my birth story with my son. So not only that, I don't want to, and that's why I was saying I wanted to preface this with, um, I don't want people to, um, compare their birth to my birth. Um, I honestly don't understand mom shaming and, you know, competing with natural and C-section. I mean, if you just giving birth way to go, that's like, you already are like a superhero just by giving birth alone. I don't care which way you went. Both are, um, equally traumatic for those who don't have a pleasant experience. <laughs> I mean, some women out there, Hey, it's like they say, my, my child came out like a, like he was on a slip and slide. It was easy. It was quick. It was painless. It was fast. It was phenomenal. And good, you know what? Good for you. That is awesome. 
man, do I wish I would have had that experience. Um, unfortunately, I did not. But I feel like the experience that I did have made me stronger. So, no se anden peleando, no anden de peleoneras. Ustedes saben que mi show es solamente para que todos estemos unidos. Everyone has their different opinions. Guys, we're not all on the same team all the time, and that's okay. We are on the on the team of humankind, of being kind to one another and womanhood. So that's the team that matters on my channel or on our channel. Um, so no competition, nada de eso, nada de eso. Aquí no, aquí estamos para ser hermanas, para reírnos, para llorar juntas, para hacer todo en unidad. We don't need to be, you know, tripping over who did more or less or whatever. So, um, oh, and by the way, um, Lily is not with me right now, but she will be on my next episode. Um, reason being is her school, like both of us are on summer break, quote unquote summer break, but she is going through a lot of trainings right now that are work related. So, um, the district that she works in is, um, you know, has them pretty, pretty uh, busy at the moment. So, y yo estoy libre. Yo estoy libre de eso ahorita. So, <laughs> I am um, going to go ahead and jump into my birth story with Logan. So, um, anyway, um, my pregnancy, I don't want to get too much into my pregnancy because I do want to, you know, have that episode, as I said previously. But my pregnancy was pretty, it was pretty good the first six months. Um, my blood pressure was fantastic. I did that, um, what is it called? The, uh, oh gosh, the, the diabetes that you could possibly get, como que se desarrolla when you're pregnant. I did that test. Everything came back perfect. Everything was clear. My thyroid levels were completely aligned the entire time that I was pregnant. I mean, my whole, my health was at optimum level. Like seriously, I had great health. Throughout my entire pregnancy, I only gained 15 pounds because I watched what I ate. I didn't really get serious, like, bad cravings till the end. So, you know, all of that helped. And we'll get into that um, in the other episode. But I just wanted to say that um, because what ended up happening was the end of my pregnancy, like at the very tail end of my third trimester, that's where I started having issues. It And it hit me like a freight train, guys. No joke. Like, all of a sudden, I was, um, it was I was under high stress at work. Of course, I taught third grade um, and um, I was having some issues at work and I just hit this whole level of stress that I felt like I just couldn't handle um, during my pregnancy. Y luego también, um, we were in a car accident. We were in my dad's SUV and we were, we had just exited off the freeway and we were st uh, stopped at a red light. And we we're sitting there for a few seconds. I would say probably not, probably a minute, maybe or less. I don't know, 30 seconds or something. And all of a sudden we felt a huge crash into the back of our SUV. And it was a woman who was on her GPS. Um, and she was coming down the uh, exit ramp at like 30 plus miles an hour. And it was, I literally flew up out of my seat. Um, my stomach immediately contracted and it would, would not release. I know that sounds really weird, but it contracted and it wouldn't release. So they had to take me in the ambulance. Her car was totaled from the rear end. Our car was pretty bashed up. I mean, it was bashed in, in the back, not as, not as bad as hers. Hers looked like it was messed up. Like you can tell how hard the hit was just from looking at her car. So, um, you know, I went to the hospital and everything. They kept me there. They monitored me for a while. Um, 
And, uh, oh, let me, let me back up a little bit. In my second trimester, at the very end of my second trimester, I started getting Braxton Hicks contractions. Um, and if you don't know what that is, they're like these little um, contractions que te comienzan a dar. And they're kind of like false alarm contractions. That's what I'm going to say. I know that's not medically correct, but to me, I looked at them as false alarm contractions, but they wouldn't stop. And um, when I went in, my doctor said, you know, if they don't stop, we're going to have to keep you here or we're going to have to put you on bed rest. Something's going on. Everything's good, though. Your blood pressure is good. We don't know what's going on. So I was there for an afternoon and then they stopped and everything was fine. And then I went home. So everything was okay until like the very last, you know, um, I would say the last like 10 weeks, 10-ish weeks of my pregnancy to where we had that car accident. So after that, you know, I went to the hospital and everything in the ambulance. They monitored me and my stomach stopped contraction, contracting, excuse me, and me mandaron a la casa and I was okay and I was fine. But I had this level of anxiety and panic that set in that I cannot describe. I can't even, I don't even, I mean, and that's a whole nother episode in itself, but I had never had panic attacks or anxiety in my entire life. Like I've been claustrophobic since I was a kid, but I never, I've never experienced anxiety until right after that car accident. And I just started like really, having a tough time with my pregnancy at that point. I felt like I had no control over my body. And I know a lot of women go through anxiety and they go through these types of issues, you know, um, after being pregnant, especially for so long, they're fine. Like the first two trimesters and then the third trimester, we always hear that it's, you know, a nightmare, you know? So I literally felt like I don't, I just had no control over my body. I felt like I couldn't breathe. My rib cage hurt so bad. Everything just felt painful and I felt emotional. And I remember just crying and crying relentlessly. And the anxiety was horrible. It really was. And it was on a whole nother level. <clears throat> so I had that going on. And then my stress level at work was just really, really bad. Uh, I was really high. Um, and I remember going in and it was like, the week before uh, spring break. And I remember going in and telling my my OB, it was, you know, my last office visit before, you know, delivery. And she's like, well, your due date's coming up next week. She was like, but your blood pressure is pretty high. So I'm going to monitor it for a while. Then I'm going to bring you back in. Um, she said it was like a Sunday night or something. And this was March 2015. And I, that following week, thank God it was spring break for me because I really needed a break from work. I needed to breathe and rest and, and relax and really prepare my mind and my body and my heart, you know, my my soul for giving labor and for finally getting to meet my son. Um, so, you know, she sent, we went back to the hospital on Sunday. She monitored me. She was like, no, your blood pressure is just not good. So I, if you haven't gone into labor by Monday or Tuesday, that's it. I'm scheduling you on Wednesday and we're going to induce you. So I was like, okay. So Monday, Tuesday came and went. I would, I was walking, I was eating spicy food. I was doing everything I, I could. And then Wednesday, I remember waking up and telling my husband, I was like, this is it. This is the day I'm so ready to not be pregnant anymore. I'm so ready because in my mind, I thought once I give labor, everything emotionally wrong 
and everything mentally wrong, like my anxiety, all my fears, they're going to, that's it. I'm going to give labor. I'm going to give birth to that. And that's going away. That is coming out of my body, if that makes sense. Like, I just felt like, eso necesitaba salir. Necesitaba esa limpieza. Necesitaba eso. Esa libertad de soltar todo eso y, y, y darle la bienvenida a mi hijo and just be happy and just be joyful and be the mom that I've always dreamt that I could be. Okay, so we're sitting there on Wednesday. I don't know what came over me. I was just calm. I was calm as a clam, guys. Like, seriously, I was like, let's do this. I'm so ready. And I feel like a lot of moms are like that. You get over the fear. You get over all of the BS, and you're like, let's do this. There's like this super woman level that comes out of you that you're just like, let's, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with with the fear. I'm done with anxiety. I'm done with everything. I'm just, I'm ready. Let, let's be a mom. Let's do this, okay? So, um... You know, I'm sitting in bed. I don't know what comes over me and I'm on YouTube and I'd been following this YouTuber who was pregnant around the same time I was, but she had her child a couple months before mine. And that morning she posted her birth story and I felt like it was just there. This was like the universe speaking to me. This was Diosito saying, you've got to watch this. Like it was just uploaded this morning. You got to watch it. So I watched her birth story. And it talked about um, how everything was great, everything was perfect, and then they had to induce her, and then they had complications, and all of this stuff happened, and her and her husband are talking through this birth story. They're both emotional. You can tell they both are still feeling the after effects of going through such a... I wouldn't say traumatic, but such a, such a tough experience to face. And I made my husband sit and watch it with me. And I said, you have to be prepared. I told him, I said, you have to be prepared because we don't know what's going to happen. And my husband is very much like, it's going to be fine. You're a strong woman. He's going to come out. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be good. Okay. Let me pause it right there. And let me back it up about a week, a week before I asked my OB, I said, can I get a pedicure? I said, I don't want to like, you know, get anything major done. I just want to go get a foot massage and get like a back massage and a back chair or whatever. I just feel like I need it. She said, yeah. She's like, you know, book it early in the morning. Usually be one of the first customers because usually that the smell is out of there. If you have any, you know, concerns about the smell that you normally get from all the chemicals in a nail salon or whatever. But yeah, go get one. You deserve it. Just get it. So I went. Y eso que otra vez, I felt like the universe, Diosito, was talking to me because the woman that sat next to me had her her newborn baby. He was probably about three months, not even three months. I would say like two months old. Super cute. He was in his little carrier asleep and she was getting a pedicure next to me. And, you know, she was telling me her birth story. Guys, listen. Her birth story and the one that I watched on YouTube were the exact same. Lo and behold, everything that happened to these two women were the exact same thing that happened to me. And till this day, I get, oh my God, I got chills just thinking of it because this was just like a precursor to what was going to happen, what I was going to experience. And till this day, I just, I, I thank God that he did that because I feel like he put this whole nother level of, toughness in me like you can do this you got this 
expect the worst. Just expect the worst and just go for it. Just go full-fledged. You're strong. We're going to get through it. We're going to do this. Okay. So fast forward to us watching this video on the day of um, my induction. And my husband's like, okay, we have to check into the hospital at 6 o'clock. What do you want to do? And I'm like, you know what? I'm really craving In-N-Out Burger and I'm craving a manguanada <laughs> and some of the animal fries from In-N-Out. He's like, let's go. So we went. I remember I was wearing um, this shirt. It was a, a maternity shirt that I bought that was my favorite maternity shirt and it said happy on it. That's it. It was just a gray maternity shirt. It was cotton. I bought it at Old Navy for like six bucks and it said the word happy. And I was, guys, I was like in this like euphoric state of mind like this is gonna happen and I'm strong and I know that my faith is strong and I'm gonna get through this whatever goes down today this is it so I just felt like that I went I had my mangonada I had my burger I had my animal fries I was feeling good I had my Dr. Pepper and I was like let's do this like I had my bag packed we were ready we checked in I had on like these cute little socks that had piñatas on them. I mean, I was feeling happy, guys. So we get there. Me and my husband are talking. And, you know, they give me this, like, vaginal pill. And they're like, okay, you know, it was like 7 o'clock. They're like, we're going to give you this vaginal pill. Um, basically, it gets everything started. It starts the contractions very slowly. Sometimes it, one pill doesn't work on, on women. So we have to give you a second one. Hopefully, the first one will work you know, yada, yada. They put the IV drip. I mean, they've got me all prepped. Everything's good. They got my catheter. I mean, everything's good. They got me all hooked up. I feel like an, a science experiment. You know, I have all these tubos everywhere. And um, they start to give me the magnesium drip as well because they couldn't, they could never get my blood pressure for the past like three, four days, which is the only time I had issues with my blood pressure. Oh, I was so mad. They couldn't get it down, so they had to give me magnesium because supposedly you could seize or have a seizure during that time. So they were giving me the magnesium. And, you know, they came in like a couple hours later, and I hadn't started contracting yet. And I was like, you know, just chilling. I felt great. <clears throat> so they gave me the second vaginal pill. Not even like an hour later, guys, I am like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the contractions. I'm like, okay, I could do this. It feels like cramps. Okay. If it feels not that much more worse than this, I can do this probably without an epidural. Yes, sabes, todas somos así. Some of us guys, we can do it. We don't, we have a, a really high tolerance for pain. I don't have a high tolerance for pain. Let's just put it out there. I really don't. I feel like now I do, now that I've had my kid, but before that, before I became a mom, before I went through labor, I didn't have a high tolerance for pain. Let's just put that out there. Let's just be real about it. You know, 100% real talk. Um, so anyway, you know, they're getting stronger and I'm like, I can do this. I'm good. My first nurse that I had was not the best nurse. She was very rude and I mean, fría, real cold, just just rude. She had no bedside manner. She was just very, very in her own world. Um, she, every decision that I tried to make on my own, she would try to like kind of stray me away from that and change my mind. And I didn't appreciate that. I feel like, you know what, lady, you might see this day in, day out. You might experience women going through this, but especially as a first time mom, we need you. We're leaning on you to hold our hand basically through this. 
And yes, my husband's there, but you need to be there too. So get it together. And I, and I told my husband this and, you know, we ended up requesting that she not come back to our room. Thank goodness. And that worked. And, um, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but, um, you know, it was, she was not the best. So starting the induction was pretty tough because she was not at all comforting. And, um, once the contraction started kicking in guys, I felt like the freaking exorcist. Let me just put that out there. I was my, I was arching my back off the bed. I was in so much freaking pain. My teeth were chattering because I went from like a one to like a level 20 in no time at all. I was like, what the heck is happening? Like my contractions were like, my body was shaking, shaking. It was horribly crazy. And I remember telling her I need the epidural and she didn't want to call my anesthesiologist to give it to me. And I was getting so mad. And I told my husband, I said, you need to tell her to get him in here now. I want the epidural. And she was just on her computer. Like she kept leaving the room. I don't know if she felt like, you know, this bitch is whining and she needs to just calm down. But to me, I was like, no, you need to listen to me as much money as we're our insurance and we're paying out of pocket for this place. You need to be on board. It's my show, not yours. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, Pregzilla, no joke. Because I was like, this is not cool. I need my epidural. Okay. Fast forward to for what seems like forever later. She comes in, the anesthesiologist comes in, he tries to give me the epidural and I'm like, I need to hold on to my husband. You know how they make you lean over and hold on to your legs and stuff. She's like, no, you can hold on to me. He's sitting over there. You're fine. I said, no, I really want to hold on to my husband. She would not let me hold on to him. She made me put my hands on her shoulders and she was not at all still and stiff. She was like moving around, like doing other things, checking everything else. Guys, I'm literally like she's moving and I'm moving my arms. You have to be still to get an epidural. And I at that point was so mad and I was like, could you please hold still? And I just like bared down on her so that I could get my epidural. Well, guess what? 30 minutes later, I'm still feeling these contractions and I am screaming and shouting she needs to get this guy back in here. She gets him back in there and he was off. He was off by like a millimeter on where he um, made the, uh, you know, the little first poke, I guess, for my epidural. So he had to move it over and do it again. I was so angry and I was like, I need to hold on to my husband. And I was so mad. Finally, they did the epidural, the epidural correctly. And when she left the room, I told my husband, I said, you need to get a different nurse. She's, he was like, I know, I know, you know, I see it. She's, she's frustrating you. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't with her. But I did at that moment feel relief. I felt perfectly awesome. Like I was again in the euphoric state. I was just calm and cool. But guys, I don't know what happened when that epidural, the first one was done, I feel like it still had an effect on me because later on when I started pushing, I had told them that I wanted just enough to where I could still feel pressure and I could still push. Well, this completely took that away. And I feel so sad about that because I had no feeling from the waist down at all. 
I felt like you could have bent my legs completely around my head and my neck and I would have not even flinched. Like it was, it was not good. So it completely took all feeling away and I was so sad because I really wanted to feel the pressure so that I could help push my child and help with the whole situation and I couldn't because it had to be done twice and I am so I that's one thing that I was so angry about and disappointed about with my nurse and the whole situation from the initial epidural um but um anyway so going back to the epidural kicking in then um a different nurse came in and she was an English nurse she was the tiniest thing guys and this woman had seven children and she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm, I have seven children. I'm going to be a grandma. She was so small. She was shorter than me and I'm five one. Um, she was super tiny and super sweet. And she was older, like maybe in her fifties or sixties and just super healthy and helpful and really knowledgeable of everything. She was like, honey, I've done hundreds of these and whatever you need, I'm here for you. Like she completely was the exact opposite of the person that was tending to me before. This woman made me feel at ease. She stuck by my side. The She stuck by my side the whole evening until Logan was born the next day. Um, after he was cleaned up, like she worked, she, I, she went over her shift hours, guys. Like she really, I remember being out of it and being on the, on the magnesium and everything that was going on and the epidural running through my body and just feeling kind of a little bit out of it. But ever and I was sleeping, you know, the contractions were getting stronger and everything. And she kept checking me to see if I was dilated. And I remember glancing over, she had turned all the lights off. Like she made me and my husband feel so comfortable. But I remember glancing over at the monitor and she was sitting on the computer, just kind of monitoring me and, and watching me and taking care of me. And I felt this overwhelming, gosh, it makes me want to cry right now. But I felt, I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace when I looked at her and I just felt so calm and just like, I don't know, like, like she was just like an, an angel almost, you know, like God sent her to me and, and made her comfort the both, the both of us and made us feel at peace and just calm and, and happy and just, like she was where she needed to be. And I can't believe I'm getting emotional over this because it's been three years and a half since I had my son. But every time I think of my experience, I feel like it was just yesterday. Um, I really do. And I, I just, if I could see her, if she's still working there or if I could see her again and take Logan to see her, I would just thank her because... After she came in, I had this nonstop revolving door staff of amazing, amazing, beautiful, wonderful, heartwarming nurses that just made our experience from there on out the best. And if you're a nurse and you're listening to this and and you deal with patients, yes, there are patients that are difficult. I get it. I know your job is hard. 
And I know that you don't get the thanks that you deserve. But know this, there are so many of us out there that are afraid. And we feel alone because even though we have our loved ones there, we're doing this by ourselves. And anything could happen. You know, people don't say this enough because birth, you know, happens. There are hundreds of births a day, you know, every day. And people don't say this enough, but it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And there's moms out there. It's a small percentage, but there's moms out there that lose their lives. And have more complications and more severe complications and and different things, you know, that happen. So whenever we are faced with someone who truly cares, even though you do this day in and day out, every single day, it's like robotic to you. When we have nurses that truly show their heart and truly care, that makes a world of difference. Even though right there in that time, in that moment, we might not say thank you for everything because we truly appreciate it. Just know that we do because you're you're guiding us. You're everything to us. You are our lifeline at that moment. And And I truly wish that I could go back and find her and tell her how much she meant to my husband and I because both of us we just truly like till this day we have a picture of her with Logan and till this day we just rave about how amazing she was and how great our experience was from there on out after she rotated in so yeah so let me continue (laughs) um so then uh, I remember her telling me she's like she woke me up and she's like hey I'm going to check you again. She goes, I think I'm at the point where I can break your water. And I was like, okay, let's let's do it. And guys, I know a lot of people out there are against being induced. And I know a lot of people out there are against epidurals and uh, birthing in a hospital. I get that. But teach their own. Everybody's experience is different. And for me having my blood pressure high, I needed to get this done. My induction needed to happen. I was at 38 weeks. I didn't make it to 40 weeks. And I in no way or shape or form wanted to put myself and especially my son at any health risk further than it already was because of my blood pressure. And, you know, me making the decision to, yes, we need to be induced. I'm sorry. I trusted my doctor. My doctor is amazing. She has a huge list of credibility and she just, she made the call and I followed it and I wouldn't do anything differently because she did what was best for me and for my son and my son is very, very healthy. So, um, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. I get it, but everybody is different and you can't compare your story to anyone else's because everyone is walking their own journey. So, um, you know, she broke my water. Jumping back into the story, I keep taking a, my little side chats over here, but um, she broke my water and, um, you know, she told me, she was just like, you are almost, you're almost there. She's like, go back to bed and I'll wake you. I'm going to stay here. Don't worry. Everything's okay. So, me dormí de nuevo. And I remember, like, not knowing my husband was keeping track of time and he would wake up and check on me. So, and he was getting rest as well. But 
I remember not knowing what time it was. And I remember my room being so dark because I wanted it dark and there was like light music in there and I just felt so comfortable and like just zen, you know. I didn't realize that it was already the next morning and I remember her um, waking me up and she was like, that's it, you're ready. It's go time. I'm going to call the doctor, call whoever you want to be here. And I said, I need to call my mom. And I told Eric, call my mom, call my mom, tell her it's time. And my parents live right up the street from our hospital, you know, right up the street from our house too. We all live very close. We're like not even three miles from the hospital. So, you know, my mom shows up, my dad's in the reigning room. We're there and I begin to push and, um, we're pushing, we're pushing, Um, I can't feel anything and my husband is kind of confused on what to do and I'm like honey just push down on my thighs I feel like you need to bear down on my thighs because I can't feel myself bearing down on my thighs so that I could push he's like okay and he was trying he's like I don't want to hurt you I said just do it it's fine so we're pushing and I'm giving it everything that I've got guys but because of that fluke of the epidural the first epidural which yeah I'm upset about but i don't blame doctors. I blame one anesthesiologist and one nurse that was being careless about that. Um, you know, I just, I didn't feel anything. And I remember her telling me he's crowning. And my husband looked, he's like, yeah, he's crowning. He's crowning. And we pushed and pushed. And I remember she had to get the suction. She's like, let me try. I'm going to have to use this because he's not budging. So she tried the suction and he wouldn't budge. And if you see Logan now, you'll know why. My son has a ginormous head. He's super smart and I love him to death, but he has a huge, huge head. And she's like, honey, he does. He's not going to fit. And I don't want to, I don't want to, um, compromise like his collarbone, fracturing his collarbone or anything like that. She's like, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a C-section, babe. She told me just like that. And I said, let's do it. I'm ready. Let's go. I was not, I was like, if he's in danger, we have to get him out the best way possible. And if I have to have a C-section, let's go. And to be honest, everything that's, that, that I'm telling y'all is happening to me happened in my conversation with the woman at the nail salon. And it happened in the video that I watched that morning. These people, their children crowned and they could not get them out. And they had to have an emergency C-section. So all of a sudden, I remember looking at my mom, and my mom was pale, and I said, Mom, I'm going to be fine. And my mom just looked at me like, oh, my God. Like, my mom has been in the in the delivery room for my nieces and nephews, for, like, some of my cousins and their births, and it, she's been there for a lot of people, and she had three natural births, and for her, it was like a C-section. Are you kidding me? Like, it was a shock. My husband was nervous. You just see all these people rushing and get me ready, clean me up. They take me to um, the emergency room where this happens, apparently. And I remember going there and I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I started feeling like I just couldn't breathe. And the nurses are like, you can breathe because if you're talking, you're breathing, baby. Like they were really, you know, being really sweet and nice. And just, you know, I had this doctor come in. He was an Indian doctor and it wasn't my OB, but she was there in the room. But the surgeon came in and he was like, okay, this is going to happen. I'm going to put up a curtain, da 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 this and that. You know, he's giving me the spiel. He's like, you're going to be fine. He's going to be safe. We're going to get him out. Everything's going to be okay. Just breathe. So I was like, okay. 
And I remember I just turned my head and I started throwing up from the magnesium. I'm just like vomiting and vomiting and vomiting. And everything is happening so fast. And I remember glancing up at my husband. Gosh, here I go again. Oh, God. I can't believe that I'm still so emotional over this. And it's still so real for me. I remember my husband sitting next to me, like next to my head on a stool. And I remember looking at him and he just has tears in his eyes. And I saw the biggest look of fear on his face. Like, like he was just so afraid for us. And I just have never seen. He's my rock, guys. You've got to understand. My husband is my rock. And I lean on him for everything. And to see him in that emotional state made me, pushed me to another level of strength that I had never felt, to be honest. And I remember just grabbing his hand and I said, I'm fine. We're going to be fine. I wasn't crying. I wasn't anything. I just remember I couldn't stop throwing up from the magnesium. And I remember looking at him and I said, we're fine. I'm okay. The baby's okay. We're going to be fine. And he was like, I know, baby. I know. I know you're going to be fine. Just just breathe. He kept telling me, just breathe. You could tell he was just so afraid. Man, at that moment, I don't know what came over me. Just this whole nother emotion or feeling of strength and just endurance. And like, I just had this, this light inside me that was like, this sucks but I'm going to do it and nothing's going to stop us. Nothing is going to break us and he's going to be healthy. And so am I like, I don't know. I just had this assurance, this level of assurance in my mind. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. And I remember them saying, he's out, he's out. And I, I was like, I can't hear him. Where's he? Like, why isn't he crying? And all of a sudden they're like, oh, and you know, he started crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, I heard him. And I just remember feeling this overwhelming amount of joy. And I remember them telling me, like, whenever they measured him, the the last office visit before I went into uh, induction, they told me that he was almost at 10 pounds. So whenever I, you know, Whenever everything happened, I remember I was like, okay, how much does he weigh? How much does he weigh? And they were like, seven pounds, six ounces. Like they, I was like, what? I was like, I thought he was 10 pounds. Like I remember <laughs> freaking out. They were like, he's a long baby. Like he was 19 inches long. He was, he was super long. And, um, I could get my, I, I think I might be getting my inches long. It's, he was either 19 or 21 inches. I can't remember. It's on his little, I have a little board for him hanging in his room with all his uh, stats because I can't remember if it was 19 or 21. I don't even know why I'm confusing those two numbers. There's a reason for it. Anyway, um, they said he's a long baby. He's super long and skinny. And I remember looking back behind me and I remember I, a lot of, um, different things that I read about C-sections was that they didn't let you have skin to skin, that they normally didn't do that. They take them away, clean them up, clean you up, sew you up, do all this stuff. 
and that's it. And you don't get to see them until you're back in your room. Well, I remember looking behind me. They're like, look over here. It's your baby. And my husband was taking pictures of him. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I remember looking at him and just feeling this, the most beautiful rush of joy and love that I have ever felt in my life. Like I've, that I've never felt in my life. I just felt like, I don't, I can't even explain it. I can't explain the amount of happiness that I felt and love. I was, I just wanted to envelope myself around my child and just never let go. I, uh, it's, I can't explain it. And I know there's moms out there. Probably. I hope that you are crying with me because you have felt and you know, and remember what that felt like seeing this little human being for the first time outside of your body and just being like, wow. And at that moment, guys, I saw God. That to me was God. That to me was, this is God. This is his creation. This is who he is in all of us, everywhere. Everywhere. And I remember thinking of that song from George Strait, I Saw God Today. Because he talks about that. He says, I saw God today you know, in different ways, in different forms, all around us, everywhere. And that's how I felt when I saw my son for the first time. I felt like I, this is it. This is who God is. He is our creator. This is what he gives us. This is what he brings us. This is the amount of love and joy and faith that is in every single one of us. If we just dig deep, we will find it. That's how I felt. And I still feel that way today. It's just this amazing, incredible thing that is, it's, it's, it's just unexplicable. It really is. So I, um, looked up at him and was just in love completely and just immediately head over heels in love with this boy, my boy, my son. And I remember the nurse who had been taking care of me. She's the one that cleaned him up. She's the one that measured. She did everything. She was just there for it all. And she said, do you want to hold him? And she's like, I can put him on your chest. And I said, yes. She goes, we can do skin to skin. I said, I didn't, th- I didn't think you could do that with z She's like, yes, you can. We can. And she laid him on my chest. And my husband took a picture And I've never posted that picture because like my boob is out. (laughs) My boob is out and he's like sitting on my boobs. And, but I'm just looking at him and it's crazy because there are two pictures that I identify with on the way I look when I have a look of love in my eyes. And one of them is on my wedding day, this picture of me looking at my husband while we're dancing. And the other picture is me looking at my son when he was just laid on my chest for the first time. And I just, 
in those two moments of my life, you can, I can see the utter bliss that I was feeling and happiness that I was feeling. And, uh, my husband, you know, um, got to hold him and everything. And I said, don't keep him out of your sight. I don't want them to switch our babies. Like I'm so paranoid and dumb when it comes to stuff like that. So, um, after that, and everything was fine. And I remember my husband telling me, he's like, I remember just seeing a lot of blood. He goes, that's why I panicked and, and why I was so nervous. I remember seeing blood and blood and blood. And I just got so scared for you and for us and for the baby. And everything was just, just so fast and blurry. And it was just done like in, it felt like 10 minutes. And it was, it was like so fast. And before I knew it, they were wheeling you back to the, to the recovery room and I was following them with Logan. They, Logan was in his little um, bassinet and they were wheeling him back to you. And everything, I was just looking at both of you like, oh my God, they just both have to be okay and they have to be fine. And so, you know, after that, I remember, um, you know, we're back in my room and everything. And uh I had those, those compression things that they put on your legs and your arms to help circulate, um, the blood in your body and all of that through your legs and your arms and stuff. And I remember feeling like constricted, everything felt tight and everything felt painful. And I remember the lights that were right over my bed in the recovery room felt like my, they, I felt like my skin was on fire. It was a horrible feeling and I just felt so uncomfortable. And I remember the 22 hours and I say 22 hours because I was supposed to have all of those things, a catheter, everything in me and the magnesium for 24 hours after the, up until 24 hours after the birth. Um, so I remember just feeling like I couldn't really enjoy being with my son. Like I tried and everything. I was looking at him and, and for the first, I would say like six or seven hours, I felt fine. Like I was holding him. I was just in so much, you know, happiness and this, this really great state of mind that nothing was bothering me. But then all of a sudden I started to feeling everything like the medicine effects, the medicinal effects or whatever. And just everything after that, and it was just, be, it was so irritating that I remember telling my nurse, you know, after that I had a couple shifts of nurses, they were all fabulous. And then my nurse came back, my main nurse, she came back and I remember telling her, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This catheter is hurting me. The IV is hurting me. The magnesium, everything is hurting. These compressions on my legs and my everything. I feel like a science experiment and I feel like I can't, like I'm going crazy. This magnesium is making my skin feel like it's on fire. And she was like, she went and talked to the doctor. It had been, I had hit the 22 hour mark and she's like, you know what? Everything is great. Your vitals are great. Your blood pressure is fine. Everything is great. If your blood pressure goes up a little bit from here, it's because of pain. Don't worry. It's okay. Um, everything's good. So he said, go ahead and take you off of everything. And I remember her taking the cath, everything being pulled out of me, literally, and those cuffs coming off of me, I felt like I could just, like a sigh of relief. Like I could just breathe. Everything felt amazing. Everything felt just like, 
I felt good. And at that moment, they um, cleaned everything up. She's like, since you're not on anything, everything's good. We're going to go ahead and put you in your room for the rest of your stay. So um, my son was born on uh, the 12th of March, 2015. And it was around the 10 a.m. hour. Uh, it was a Thursday morning. And then um, by the Friday morning, I was already in my room. And I remember um, just being poked and prodded by every person every 30 minutes. I remember I was trying to get sleep. My son was trying to get sleep and someone would either come in to check me or check him. And it was just a, it was literally, you know, a revolving door of people coming in. Granted, the nurses were amazing, but still I wasn't getting any good rest that I needed to with my kid. And I started having issues. The lactation specialist came in. My milk wouldn't, wasn't coming in. I was having so many problems breastfeeding him and they were pushing and pressuring me and giving me stuff to eat and all these different things. And, and they were checking my, my, uh, my incision. Everything was just crazy. Helping me go to the bathroom. I mean, it was just insane. And, um, it was the point where we didn't have a moment alone for like until that Friday, probably around midday is when my husband and I and my son finally had a moment alone and the two of us just broke down crying. It was just this overwhelming rush of emotion. It was a, the fear, the relief, the joy, everything, the panic, all of it, just rushing and flooding us with tears. And I remember us just crying and crying and crying and looking at Logan and holding him and just really connecting to each other and to our son and just feeling just grateful that everything was okay. But just I guess, shocked at everything that was going on. And you hear stories about C-sections, guys, all the time and and labor, but if you sit down with a woman and, a, and her significant other after giving birth, doesn't matter what birth story it is, and really listen to them, you'll hear everything, everything from their journey through this the good and the bad and I feel like every woman should share their story and I feel like many other women should sit and listen because it's such a beautiful thing it's I mean I know you hear that and I know it's it's like cliche to say that but it's just such a beautiful thing and it's a hard thing and it's a it can be a traumatic thing, and for some it can be a simple thing, but it's such a beautiful story. So I encourage you to sit and listen to your best friend's birth story, your mom's birth story. Um, tell your birth story to someone that you care about. I feel like it's necessary. I feel like we as women should be sharing those things 
with one another instead of sharing the shaming that we do to each other and putting each other down for not giving our kids organic food or for feeding our kids um, fast food once in a while or, you know, my labor and pregnancy and birth was much tougher than yours. And instead of doing those things, why don't we sit and listen to each other's birth story and really open up and share it and really open up and listen. I feel like we're lacking that nowadays. I feel like we truly need to feel and hear from one another and share because it's a powerful thing. What women can do is truly powerful. It really is. And we need to accept that from one another. And we need to encourage one another to be strong and to embrace each other and to really appreciate what we can do and what our mothers have done and our sisters have done and our abuelitas and our tias. And guys, I think about it and I'm a, I, I, once I had Logan, I went to a whole new level of respect for my mom and even twice the level of respect for my wife, abuelita and my great grandma who did this stuff without medicine, without, you know, and who did this like in a small, you know, cement home. Que tenían pisos de tierra en México. I mean, and anywhere else in the world where they didn't have the technology and the medicine that we have today because, man, those ladies truly are superheroes. Truly superheroes. So, yeah, just I encourage you to sit and listen to someone's birth story and really listen because it, it's truly an amazing thing. It really is. So after this happened, you know, <clears throat> We had a little bit of alone time. And then after that, again, the revolving door started again. And I remember um, this one girl, she was so young. She was like, man, she's probably like 22 years old. Beautiful, beautiful girl. She was, I remember her being, same thing. She was super tiny. She was a morenita. Um, and I remember she came in. She was so sweet. And she's like, do you want to take a, do you want to try and get a bath? I can help you with your bath. And I was like, you know what? I really want a bath and I really want my hair combed because I remember my hair was loose. Guys, that is my number one tip. Put your hair in a trenza, like a side uh, braid or in a top knot or something. I didn't do that and no one told me to do that. My hair was loose and I was in a bed for, at this point when that happened, It was almost three days that I had been in a bed. My hair was this huge, gigantic estropajo of knots. Like, it was a huge, knotted mess. It was just like this big loofah. That's what it looked like, like a loofah. And I remember having to soak it. And I was in so much pain by the time I, I got to, like, bathe myself and everything and do things on my own. But I was in so much pain, and I remember having to stand there in the mirror and get these knots out of my hair and it was the most horrible treacherous thing ever so if any of my amigas ever are pregnant and you need me to come brush your hair I will gladly sit there amiga and I will like put the best conditioner in your hair and brush those dadgum knots out of your hair and give you the best foot rub because you need it <laughs> I didn't have anybody do that for me, but I didn't know. I didn't. I, and my husband, pobrecito, he didn't know how to 
even attempt to brush those knots out because it was so bad. But anyway, this morenita, she came in and she was like, you know, I'm going to go get um, permission to give you your first, first sponge bath. I'm going to come dress your um, your scar, your incision. It wasn't a scar yet. It was an incision. She's like, I have to put this like um, covering over it so that it doesn't get any so it doesn't get wet at all. So I'm like, okay. So she goes, they give her permission. She comes back and I'm laying on the bed and I'm like completely naked. And she starts to put the, the, there's like this, I don't know. It looks like this clear glue that they put over your incision to completely seal it off from water. So when she's doing that, I completely pass out and I needed it because I hadn't gotten good sleep. And I remember her putting a do not disturb and checking on Logan. And she told my husband, she's like, you guys need sleep. She's like, y'all need like a full 10 hours of sleep. She's like, I'm going to try and put a D, a D and D on your phone, on your door. She needs sleep. I'm not going to bathe her right now. And I had passed out. Logan was passed out. So she put a blanket or she covered me up with my gown, put a blanket over me, put Logan like in the nook of my arm. And my husband passed out. I passed out. Logan passed out. All three of us were just knocked out. I don't even know how long we were asleep for, but I remember my husband telling me that she kind of yelled at someone in the hallway who was going to come in and bother me. And she was like, no, do not bother her. That woman has not had any sleep. Neither has husband, neither has a baby. They need sleep. And she literally kicked everybody out of my room and Guys, I just slept so deep and so well. After that, every nurse that came in there was amazing. She find this this nurse came back later that um not later that evening. She came back the next day actually. After I had slept, she gave me my sponge bath. She was, you know, going over everything on how to bathe yourself. At this point, guys, you're wearing a huge mesh um underwear, these gigantic diaper-like pads because you're bleeding, of course nonstop. Um, since Logan did crown significantly, I did tear. It was like a level three tear. So it wasn't minor and it wasn't major, but it was in the middle. So I did tear. Um, so not only did I have to doctor your incision, my incision, but I had to just kind of doctor and watch my, you know, tear at the bottom. I, I had the episiotomy and everything. So it was like a double whammy and, you know, I'm sure it happens to many of y'all out there. You baby, your baby probably crowns and then guess what? You know, you got to have another incision. So, um, you get a terror and another one. So it's, you know, double the reward <laughs> that happens. But, um, so, you know, once I started, I remember specifically after I had my first bath with her, then I needed to start moving. And I remember listening to the words of this woman that had sat next to me in the nail salon tell me she's like by the third day I knew I needed to move and I knew that the only way to get back to normal and start to heal my body was for me to get up and move no matter how painful and how afraid I was those words stuck with me guys because on the third day when I needed to take that bath by myself, I did it. I got up and they asked me, you're, you're, uh, 
or what is it called? A fall risk or something. You're at risk for falling. I had one of that, those bracelets on my wrist that said that I was at risk for falling and stuff. And I remember my husband, I told him, just watch me, guide me to the bathroom, but I got to do this on my own. And he was like, are you sure I can get a nurse? I said, I want you to do it. Just guide me. I just need a guide. I don't want anybody holding me. So he's like, okay. Mind you, my mom and dad were in and out of there taking care of us like crazy. Like they were, oh, my my rocks. They were so amazing. My, mi, mi papá, God rest his soul, ya no está con nosotros. But man, I'll never forget how how worried he was and how he was at the hospital nonstop for us. Like nonstop. Every second that I looked up, my dad was walking through the door. The only time that he would leave was whenever they had to clean me or do like some sort of lactation thing or whatever. That's the only time he would leave my side. Other than that, he was a hundred percent there. So, um, anyway, uh, my husband just kind of guided me and I walked and I remember it was the most, I felt like I had been hit by a freight train guys. No joke. My whole body, my bones, my incision, every inch of my body was in pain. I feel como que me dolía el cabello también because I was just in agony. And I remember it took forever to get me to just sit up and just step off the bed and start walking around to the bath bath uh to bath to the bathroom it took forever it felt like an eternity I felt like oh my god when am I gonna get there finally I went in there I sat and I remember I was so afraid to clean my incisions and to clean like in my episiotomy area I was afraid it was gonna hurt and they give you this like wash bottle it's like this chemical that you, you you constantly squirt on you every time you go to the bathroom, every time you take a shower, you squirt down there. And it's like this, I don't know, like the saline solution, I guess, that does not burn at all. And it just cleans everything without you even have to touch your area. Because I was so afraid to touch or do anything. I was like, oh my God, I'm like so afraid. So I remember going and just taking the longest like sponge bath. And they have a seat in there, so I was sitting and I was just giving myself my own bath. And I remember just sitting there for like two hours, I think, and just slowly conditioning and combing my hair out and just really giving myself pep talks. That's what it was. Pep talk after pep talk. Like you have to do this. Now you have a son to take care of and you can't be, you know, relying on other people to take care of you and to nurse you back to health, like, and to get your strength back for you. You've got to get it back. And I kept hearing that woman's voice in the, in the nail salon. You've got to get your strength back. You got to stand up. You got to do this, get every ounce of courage in your body and just do it. And I did. And I remember the more I moved, my doctor said the same thing. She was like, the more you move, my, my doctor's name was Dr. Gray, by the way, because you know, I was watching Grey's Anatomy and she was Dr. Gray and it just fit so well. So, you know, it was awesome. Anyway, <laughs> side note. And um, she's like, you've got to do it for you the best. You're not going to start healing until you start moving. Sure enough, once I started moving and just kind of getting in the swing of things, it just felt easier. And yes, guys, I would wake up in the morning, you know, it was like three weeks long of just waking up in the morning and being afraid to even move my arms you know, for the weeks to come, but I did. And I remember they were going to keep me all the way <clears throat> for like another extra day or something. I was like, no, I remember I was ready to go a day early. Cause I was like, no, I'm good. And I'm going to do this. My son's good. We got to get out of here. We want to be home. 
We're ready to start our, our new life together with our baby, the new chapter in our book and our story. We are so ready. And, um, so, you know, they, um, I was there for a couple of days. I was eating really healthy. I was doing really well. Everything was awesome. And then, um, you know, on the day that we had to leave, we we're sad we had to go, but we were just so ready to go. And I remember us putting him in the car seat and I just felt like, oh my gosh, this whole level of mom, momness just kicked in. My, the, the mom in me just came out of nowhere. I don't know everything. I was like, okay, we can't do this because of this. And I can't do that because of that. And I have to watch out with this and that. Everything just started flowing and, and it just happens out of nowhere. It's just like, your, your, um, common sense just kicks up to a whole nother level. And now you're like on this common sense level for your child. It's so weird. And you're just, you're the mom and you just comes out of nowhere and starts to bloom. It's so crazy how that happens. It just really does. So, um, you know, <clears throat> we, we got him ready. My husband went and packed up the car with all our stuff. We had all these plants and balloons and we had the carrier and, and all of these gifts and all these things. And, you know, we, he goes and gets the car and then they wheel me out there and I'm holding my son and everything. And we get him buckled up into his little car seat. And I remember my husband left the car running and opened the door and he put the car carrier on the floor next to the door. And I said, babe, you can't put him there because of the exhaust. It's right there. He's like, oh my God. And he goes and picks it up and puts it on like the bench and I'm sitting there and I'm like, and he's like, oh my gosh, your mom instinct is already kicked in. Thank you. Like, that's so awesome. So after that, it was just like this, both of us, we just both like his dad skills, just, he's an amazing dad to Logan. You have no idea. He's just so amazing to both of us. And, and the mom and dad side of us just kicked in and we just have been going with it guys. And it's just like this thing that just happens. And sometimes you don't make the best decisions. And sometimes you're just like kind of titty about certain things, but for the most part, you just have your, your mom and dad knowledge come to life and, and everything just starts to flow. And, you know, so we went home and we started our life together, our new life, the new chapter in our, in our story together. And then started the postpartum, um, recovery, which for me, it wasn't emotional. Thank goodness. It was all physical. And I'm going to save that for another episode because I feel like that is a whole nother level of stuff that people do not tell you about um, pregnancy and postpartum. There was nothing emotional. I was completely happy. Gracias a Dios. I know so many women suffer from postpartum depression and things like that. And, and I really am, am grateful that I just, that, that I didn't experience that, but I did experience a lot of physical, just setbacks and, um, yeah, <laughs> trying times. So that's going to be for another episode, guys. This episode has already been an hour long. It was supposed to be a bocadillo because I'm writing solo without my partner in crime today, but um, it is what it is. I wanted to share my birth story with you guys. And now my son is three and a half years. Well, he's almost three and a half. He's three and three months. And um, he is super smart. He's this, every day, every time we go see his pediatrician, she's like, he's so advanced. He is reading already. You know, right now we're in the stages of potty training. He's almost got that down. He knows his numbers, his letters, his shapes, his colors, like 
he is on a whole nother level. Like he's just amazing. And we thank God for him every single day. And I hope that my birth story has touched some of you and inspired some of you to just, to just embrace it, to embrace everything, pregnancy, the birth, the labor, the after effects, everything, and just love it because this is life and it's amazing. And, um, I was going to share a very quick, um, cosita that I'm loving right now, just because I wanted, I, I just, I've been loving this one thing and I really want you guys to, um, to, to get to, uh, what do you call it? Experience how awesome this product is. So I have really been into the Pacifica Seafoam Complete Face Wash. And it's um, a uh, face cleanser. And it re- completely removes impurities and like makeup, tierrita, todo lo que tienes, dead skin, all of that stuff. And I feel like it's a new line of their face face washes because they have them for different skin types. The one that I ha- that I got, the Seafoam one, is for hydrating for dry skin because I have dry skin. But they do have um, a few other ones. Oh, guys, and the smell is amazing. The smell is so good. It does a really good job at deep cleaning your skin, and your skin feels really soft afterward. And it kind of gives you a, a, a level of hydration. Not, it doesn't, like, really yeah, – I mean, you still need your, your – um, your daily uh, cream routine, like moisturizing routine y todo eso. But it just, the, the way it cleans your skin is amazing. But they have another one. It's the pineapple cleanse. They have the kale detox. They have the rose and kombucha. They also have the cactus revive. They have uh, crystal foam. They have coconut milk, coconut probiotic, and that's it. So they have a whole line of these Pacifica face cleansers that I highly recommend. You can buy them for under 10 bucks at Target and they are the real deal and I really enjoy them. But that's what I'm loving. This was my birth story. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, If you don't know where to find us, we are on Instagram at La Charla PC and we are on Facebook at La Charla Podcast and you can also reach us through Gmail if you have questions, concerns, or you just want to share your birth story with us at uh, la charla podcast at gmail.com. Until then, que viva la charla.